Hit a home run and get pre-approved for your next refinance or home purchase at thehomeloanexpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome aboard Scoops with DannyMac.com. Uh, I don't know that I could be the host because Dan is here. And Dan, I thought we could have the money. I, I run this thing, Martin. I understand that. Nobody tells Dan what to do. That's correct. Uh, it's the Monday mailbag, but we might do it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, so it could be Mac's mailbag. It could be Martin's I like mailbag. That. Mac and Martin. Mac and Martin. The mailbag. Here's my premise, Dan. You're very You've been f- all over me about this. You're you're People and people that don't like Dan, and there's nobody that falls into that camp. Let's Thank be you, honest. Martin. May not get it, but people that really like Dan may not know how funny he can be. Like when you did John Miller, I was texting you going, I didn't know you did John Miller. And then you were offended because you'd done it before and I didn't hear it. At least it. 10 times. I missed the first nine, <laughs> and I heard the 10th one. I'm like, God, that's really funny. Dan should do more of that. But people that don't know you well don't know that you can be funny. And it's hard when you're the host. You can't, yeah, you can't interview yourself. Then they think you're bat bleep crazy because yeah. you're talking to yourself. That's true. Uh, so my theory was always, we got to interview Dan. It's your site. People love the site. We've had great fun with the segments. You don't. Sleep. I enjoyed the uh, Tony segments that you. Thank did. you. Well done. No, I appreciate it. You know what? And you know this better than most. Again, this goes back to my premise with you. A lot of it is like perception. Like people think they know somebody, but they don't. And people will be like, oh, Tony, he must just be a total SOB, and he hates the media. And I'm like, no. No, he, can he be <laughs> A total tough? SOB? Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'd say that to his face. But he's also very, I think it was our first podcast. It was the opening day. We recorded it across the street at the Westin. And I said, people may not know. You're actually polite to people. He, he kind of arched his eyebrows. Yeah. He's like, people don't think I'm polite. And I said, well, they didn't know that. Yeah. But he's very interesting storytelling and the podcast he took very serious he would text me the night before what are the topics i'm like hell i don't know yeah you, I i'll mean, think about it a half the, hour before see, you know if i fly by the seat of your pants on those things but i mean that's I, kind of the fun of it right and when you would hear him though you knew he was into it he had yeah. stories he is really he's a detail guy he is i always felt you know it's interesting in my line of work with dealing with play-by-play guys I, I would say the opposing teams looked at him, and I know hate's a bad word, a strong word, but I, I think they hated him. And I said, you don't understand. I said, if you were around him w- for what we do in trying to gather information or for help, he's the best I've ever been around. And people are floored when I say that. I'm like, no, he is the absolute best. So I, an example would be he was doing a pregame uh, hit with us on television, and before we'd get going, let's say they'd lose and it was a controversial move the night before, he'd say, well, make sure you ask me about that. And, oh, by the way, make sure you ask me, wink, wink, about this guy in the bullpen. And he may not go tonight, but I'll maybe allude to it. And so if you see it unfold during the game as to why I didn't go to my lefty with a lefty up, this may give you a little insight as to why. Then we get done with it. And also before he would meet with the assembled media, he'd always tell him, I got to do Dan first, which I appreciated. He knew I was busy and all that stuff. But he would then, you know, we get done taping it and he'd say, hey, by the way, tonight, Klein's off limits. I can't use him. And uh, Mott is ouchy, as he would like to say. So if you don't see me go to those two and it looks like I should, 
That's why I'm not. So just dance around it. He was great like that. And Schilt is like that with me too. I love the baseball vernacular, Tony. Like ouchie, ouchie. ouchie. Is he, does that mean he's a wuss tonight? <laughs> like well, it's like lower body injury <laughs> right. after you see a guy's knee turn around the, <laughs> on like, the other side. Yeah. No kidding, a lower body injury. But Tony would listen so intently. I I made a reference to how you know hey we even in the media sense hey we kind of miss you now that you're gone. I go I didn't think I would. I was glad you were gone. He's like what? Yeah. And I'm like McGuire said the same thing. He got here from Oakland. And he said, God, I couldn't wait till Tony left when he was with the A's. He wore me out. And then I realized I miss him. And, and Tony stops yeah. in the middle. He's like, when did you say that? And I said, oh, like in 98 or 99. Oh, well, I'm going to call him after this because that pisses me <laughs> off. And I'm like, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, great. He's going to call McGuire and yell at him for something yeah. he said 20 years ago. But that's how Tony is. Tony also has a remarkable recollection of kind of like McCarver where he'll remember the day – the weather, the stadium, the opponent, who was on the mound, the inning, the count, and and to I mean, you go back and you would grab like a box score of a game and say, hey, do you remember this game? And then you made this move in the sixth inning. Well, yeah, I remember, and this is why I did it, and this is why I did this. And I'm like, really? I mean, you you remember that kind of stuff? And he's, it's almost like a savant, you know, in just baseball terms. Just he just focused on the task at hand, and he. I'll say this, he's the best manager I've ever been around. It's not even close. And I, I I like Joe Madden. I think Joe Madden was great for this era of baseball. I think Mike Schilt is terrific, got the most out of his team this year. But Tony's the best I've ever seen in dealing with human beings. And that is the part I think that would surprise people the most is that how his interpersonal skills – came to play to get the best out of the players that he had on his roster. And I think most people saw a stoic guy behind sunglasses at 9 o'clock at night and didn't realize he is a human being. He does know how to deal with human beings, and he knows how to relate to players. Did it work with everybody? No. But, like, Lance Berkman is a great example. He's like, I hated that guy when I played against him. Now I play for him, and I wish I could have played my whole career for the guy. I love him. Those are the kind of stories you hear all the time. You're you're the podcast king at this point, Dan yes, McLaughlin, sir. and I need you to find out the legalese on this because during the taping of one segment this year, we were telling some stories, you know, off camera, yeah. off air, and he called me a dumbass. And the way he said it was so funny, and he's like dumbass. And we clipped it, and I said I got to be able to use this in some because I'm you not can a, say anything you want. Yeah, but this is before we were officially recording. Like, oh. I need—I think I need his permission, but its he wouldn't care because he'd probably call. So he kind of wanted to use that as a uh, a tease or a promo yeah. going into Tony like, Talk. Like, hey, Tony calls me a dumbass. I'm and then like, you're a dumbass. And I, I want to make sure he's okay with it because he would, oh, yeah, I, I should have called you a lot worse. You know? Well, but, that's that's Tony. So the whole point was on the site, whether it's the mailbag or Max World or whatever, you know, you're in San Francisco, and Tim McCarver is telling a story about an actress from the 40s that you have no idea what he's talking about. You're playing ball. Right. I'm like, we need a, a format where we unpack the week. All right. Or sort of look ahead, and it's like, God, you guys I are love going it. to Atlanta. Who are you going to run into? Hey, I love seeing Brian Jordan. Or, hey, who's this week? Well, it's McCarver. Let's, and you're like, hold on, let me get out my grid. Looks like, and I would see a series. I'm like, this feels like a Brad Thompson series. I would see this at home. Yeah. I'm like, I think this is an Edmonds road trip. Oh, Chicago. Oh, McCarver's grabbing that baby. For sure. And, and I in San Francisco. Yes. Usually New York. Definitely Miami. Uh, 
You're not going to see a lot of Central Division unless it's Chicago. McCarver and, Dan, am I going to Pittsburgh? Hell no. <laughs> Although Roberto Clemente and his brother were great friends of mine. I mean, and let me tell you about Mrs. Clemente. <laughs> and I ran into her. Uh, we were over at, uh, you know, and it's some random play that was on Broadway that he ran into her and, in, like, on Fifth Street or something. You know, we, I call, mean, we, we named it on radio. So Charlie Marlowe and I came up with, on 590, McCarverpedia. And you would just have to get a name, and from there it would just because we all go to Wikipedia, yeah. And you click a name, and then it'll say like you know, once played for Don Zimmer, and you're like, ah, oh, and you click Zimmer, you're like, how old was he when he died? And then it said, you know, got into a fight with you know Pedro Martinez, and you click another one, you're like, oh my god, now I'm way down the rabbit hole. But that's how he works, and it's it's I love it. It's hilarious. I understand not everybody likes it, but to me, it's 162 games. How can you not enjoy some variety? Now, for you, variety means Work. you walk in on a given night, <laughs> who's here? You know? There there have been times I've shown up, and uh, I'm like, so during the open, we're going to, I'm talking to producer or something, we got Brad Thompson, so we out of the blah, 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 and I get through the whole thing, and the guy's like, yeah, I got to tell you, though, it's not Thompson tonight. Like, that happens <laughs> a lot. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we got Horton, we can just keep, no, it's not him. Oh, all right, so it's Jimmy. Yeah, it's Jimmy. I better text Jim because he's at home. <laughs> Jimmy right now is uh, unavailable because we have no idea where he's at. Um, that happens a lot. I I found that, and I told you this, and I've said this publicly, I, I felt like when McCarver was going to join us, it was very important to show a different side of him. Uh, I I felt like it was like welcoming him back into the family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's a he's a cardinal legend. He's a guy that caught two of the greatest pitchers ever in Gibson. He's always going to be forever linked with Bob Gibson and always forever linked with Steve Carlton. And so I I just felt though and it was also by design from the Cardinals perspective too. He was getting out of doing the national stuff and we had a lot of the reunions coming up, the 64, the 67, the 68. Well, what better way to kind of talk about that and reinvigorate those crowds and those memories and to bring a guy that's one of the great storytellers in the history of the game back to our broadcast which was Tim McCarver and when we kept doing it and kept uh, you know going game after game after game it, it became more uh, I, I guess familiar with me he got familiar uh, I got familiar with him and I found out that he, this dude's a man's man like he's like me I'm not saying I'm a man's man I'm just saying he's a straight shooter and he likes to have fun he likes to go out and have a pop afterwards, which I don't. I just sit there and watch him and and talk and talk baseball. And he loves to talk baseball, where some of my other partners are not necessarily like that. They like, hey, game's over, game's over, and we're done. And I want to get away from the game. And I get that, too. Um, but I love to talk the game. I love talking baseball. I love the game. It's given me my life. And he's, like, the perfect dude for me. because. And I also love the history of the game, which I study and learn and you know, been fortunate enough to meet some of these guys that we talk about on the air, whether it be Gibson or Carlton or Tim McCarver and go out to dinner with them and learn these stories firsthand because once they're gone, Martin, they're gone. And and that's the thing that I think with Tim that I find is that he's the last great storyteller and his type of broadcaster in sports. I don't hear other guys like him. You know, maybe you get a little bit out of um, Hubie Brown, you, you might get a little bit out of Bill Walton. Dan, he's about 20 years yeah. older than me. Yeah, I mean, and, and 
but you might get a little bit of that stuff with them, but you're not going to get what our fans want, which is the history of our franchise, and he's the best at well, it. And you can't do that if you're broadcasting the Rays, no. you know, the Marlins, the Nationals. Because it's just about the game. Well, they don't, I mean, they don't, don't have a deep history right. to tap into. And I, I do But I'll th- tell you this. We went down to Tampa Bay, and um, I don't know – well, Maurice we in, Chevalier, Dan. <laughs> yeah, he started bringing up, and for like an entire he's game. He's great for Google. He should be getting paid by Google because every should. damn game that you're with McCarver, he's I'm He's got Googling. something. Yes, I'm like, who did he just reference? And by the way, when you go back and look and say, did that really happen in 74 or 67? Yeah. He's pretty much on it. Okay. He's, I thought you were going to say give or take. Okay. Oh, no. There's a few things that yeah. are missing, but he's he's pretty much on it. But like in Tampa Bay, we're like, the hell are we going to talk about? They were bad this one year. I mean, really bad. And the play, there was no like good player that you wanted to really get into and talk. They didn't have that. They had one local kid that was from St. Louis and he got knocked out after like a third of an inning. I can't, I don't know if it was Oda Rizzi. Might have been him. And, and so I was like, oh man, all the stories that tie in that could have been kind of cool to talk about best players from St. Louis. Then that leads into Yogi Berra and that leads into, you know what I mean? All this other stuff. But when we went down there, it got into talking about Ted Williams and there's like a museum for Ted Williams down there. And so we talked an entire game about Ted Williams, and he loves Ted Williams. One of his jobs, McCarver's jobs, was he was hired by the Hall of Fame um, when video became more prominent to kind of keep things when these guys would pass on to keep their stories alive. Well, they sent Tim out to go all across the country and visit with Willie Mays and, you know, Ted Williams and all these different huge, I mean, the biggest players in the game. And the stories that he came up with were things that you'll never read in his books, the stuff that you'll never read online. And it's just, and, but he, he remembers. And so to hear those stories, for instance, in Easter Sunday, we brought up Mickey Mantle. And Mickey Mantle, it went from, now we're on Easter Sunday. We start talking about Mickey Mantle. And he starts talking about going out, doing the thing for the Hall of Fame, and then going to a strip club with Mickey Mantle on Easter <laughs> Sunday. Our bosses weren't real happy about that, but those are the things happy, you get Happy of, Easter, everybody. Yeah, that, but that's what you get out of Tim McCarver. And we walked out of this The girl was named Cinnamon, and there was another bunny with her, and it was not the Easter bunny, Dan. And they were sisters <laughs> of all things. So people want to know, when does Dan sleep? We know he yeah. doesn't eat, okay? That's the punchline. i got to get that out of the yeah, way. But thanks. When does Dan sleep? He's got the website. He's doing Mondays with Mo and Tuesdays with Tommy, and it's like, yeah. when does he? I, I, you know, you got eighteen kids, and you're busy, and you golf, and you're. I, I stay busy. I, my motto, seriously, is that, and I tell my kids this: you got one life, live it to the fullest. Now, am I going to continue this pace in fifteen years? Probably not. I mean, at that point, I'm sixty years old. I don't think I could. I don't think I physically could. So you're 45. Yeah. So the boy wonder. You were the when I first moved back here. You were at I think you were at IBV. WIBV. Maybe 22 years old. And we were in the stands at Blues. That's how I knew Dan. Was I was the new young not as young as you, but I was a new guy at Channel Two as a reporter, and I'd go to all the Blues skates. Yep. And and, and now I can hear Caruso or Chaser. Yeah, you used to go to skates, huh? Yeah, exactly. You, what are you, Ken Wilson? Never Media seen you at a police. skate. Yes. But I would always see you there. And you would say, like, hey, one day I want to do some play-by-play. And one, I'm like, oh, well, good for you, Dan. That's yeah, a nice little yeah. story. You know, I get it. Get yeah. along, son. Yeah, I, I get it. Shunned away. But you it's worked fine. hard, and that's that's part I, of why I, you're I here. I came around at the right time. I came around at the explosion of cable television. And I, I make no bones about it. I was lucky. I was right place, right time. I would like to think that my work and what I did has proven itself over time that I earned the job. 
but I should not have been in that position. I was 23 when I called my first major league game. I was on the air at KMOX when I was 20. So I think I was the youngest guy 20. And I, I know I was the youngest guy on television in major league baseball in the history of the game. Was Highland there when you were there? Came he, he, he was, he was there and then passed away. And Rod he Zimmerman was a real, came in. wasn't he real stickler about how you had oh, to yeah. be 30 or something to get on yeah, the air? It was that transition. And now it's period. like, you gotta be 12 to get a, yeah. Now we don't <laughs> have to pay license. Come on yeah. in. Um, and you so want a show? yeah, basically that's how it was working. And I was doing like weekend updates and then they'd put me on a sports open line, that kind of thing. And, um, on a Sunday, you know, if you're only doing one sports open line a week, you could really line up big guests. So I would try to always get the biggest guests. And things that helped was like I got the first interview with Mike Keenan. I produced that show. I produced the Mike Keenan, Ken Wilson Friday night show. So I had all of Keenan's numbers to his cabin, to a place in Canada. He had a place in Phoenix. He had a place in St. Louis and called him up. I said, would you do this? And he said, absolutely. Um, and he was awesome. Like he was great and it made headlines all over the newspaper and so little things like that got me noticed um but i walked into fox and a guy named tom mclaughlin no relation different spelling was the producer at uh, and director for blues hockey for a long long time and i was told to meet with him and he said you're effing dan mclaughlin i said yes sir and he goes you gotta be bleeping me and he writes down because uh, you're a kid, a, it, it, totally. Is I mean, that why he's mad? Yeah, because he was like, "I thought you're a 45 year old man." Right. Is what he said. I've listened to you on the radio. He threw. He he wrote down a name of a shooter and an editor and threw the card at me and he said, "You got five effing features to show what you can do. Get out of my office." And I said, "Do you care what I?" He goes, "I don't care. Get out." And so the first one I did was on Jack Buck. It's like an act of God. I had a good shooter and I had an unbelievable editor, a guy named Martin Bulk. And I came in, I did the interview with Jack Buck because I had a relationship with Jack in terms of doing Sunday night football shows with him on KMOX. I hosted those and I had produced for him and all that stuff. And he said, uh, okay, uh, let's see what you got. And it was an unbelievable feature, tear-jerking feature. Music was beautiful. Um, it got nominated for an Emmy. And then they started saying, well, hey, can you introduce some of these things on set? And I was like, sure. I had never done it before. I was like, I just lied. And I started doing that. And then when the Blues came about, they were going to do pregame shows on Fox. And they said, well, we want you to be the producer, host, reporter. I did everything. I did the entire show. And then when the Cardinals came, then that season was done. And I was doing Channel 11 and Fox. Um, the Cardinals said, well, we're going to do this for the Cardinal games too. But we don't want to travel both a play-by-play -play guy and the, the producer, talent, editor all that stuff that i did um so you're going to do that and i initially turned down the cardinal job of play-by-play -play, which no one knows i said i'm not ready for it i'm not doing it i i'm I'll, I'll be poor for you i'll embarrass myself whatever and they said we don't care you're doing it and you're done and that's the way it's going to be and that's how it all started when you when did you ever tell i don't think no, I've when ever you told said you no did they're like all right sounds good did you just turn down the Cardinal? I mean, how yeah. shocked were they? They were shocked, and they said, you have 24 hours. That was my chance. I admit, What year was that? That was my move. That 98, was my... I guess. 97, okay. Seven, that 98. was my chance. Yeah, and uh, they said, no, you're going to do it, and you're going to do it for the 99 season. And uh, and that's how it all started. And they said, if you want to continue to work here, you will be doing the play-by-play -play of the Cardinals. And that's how it went. That's how it began. Yeah. You know what we should do in the future? First of all, the mailbag, I know that's a hackneyed name, but – I would like to get people 
because we had these great segments with Federico and Pang, or now Big Walt is a, yeah. Big Walt is the best because he just doesn't care. Like, hey, Marty, just call me tomorrow. I'm like, are you going to be near a landline? Oh, what? I'm like, forget yeah. it. We'll do yeah. it on your we'll cell. Call it's you. fine. Yeah. Where, what city are you in? Ah, uh, hold on. I mean, he's the only guy oh, yeah. I know. Who I'll say what city are you in. And he's like, hold on. Yeah. And he's serious. But I want to get that too. But anyway. as much feedback is as you know, and say, hey, Martin, ask Dan about this, or make sure you throw this in Federico. Or is Dan wearing a scarf right now? He's not, for the record. Okay. No. I do wear a lot of scarves, though. Not the Tim McCarver scarf, but Not the Tim one. McCarver, the Mosaic, or the MLS. Yeah, just a scarf in general, yeah. okay? You, but I would, by the way, you can email, if you want to do that, let's do that, dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. Dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. Luckily, that's not convoluted. Okay, dan, <laughs> dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. Yeah. So they, I, this is what I'm talking about. I yeah. want people to chime in. Send us some notes and and, and questions That's for, fine. for yeah. these segments, but also for the hockey and baseball and other things. Yeah, and then we should do it again, Dan. We really should. Uh, yeah. I would. Next time we do it, I'm going to do some rapid fire, like your favorite call, any call that you felt you regret or like, oh, I blew it. You know, just think about that, those kind of. Yeah, there's some. I mean, I I'd, I'd like to think about that. No, I'm going to tell you which ones you blew. Which I'm, ones did I blow? <laughs> I'm going to go through the. I'm, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Are you all set? You've been piling up those Schnucks Rewards points all year. What better time to cash them in? You could have Schnucks pay for the Thanksgiving turkey or a pumpkin pie from the best bakery in St. Louis. Maybe even your entire holiday meal, all because you're a Schnucks Rewards member. Whether you're hosting the whole family or bringing a special dish to their house, make sure you're all set for Thanksgiving. Head to Schnucks and cash in those rewards points. Think Schnucks. Hair Saloon for Men. Proud sponsor of ScoopsWithDannyMac.com. Home base in St. Louis, founded in 1997. 16 locations. You'll receive the perfect haircut, complimentary beverage, relaxing shampoo, hot towel and a mint, complimentary shoe shine, all for just $22. And for an extra $5, get a stress-relieving scalp massage. Hair Saloon for Men. 16 locations. There's one near you. Hair Saloon for Men. Celebrate 125 years of history at St. Louis Union Station with free movies every weekend in October and November near the lake. Get a bird's eye view of all that history when you take a spin on the St. Louis Wheel. Soaring 200 feet into the air, you'll appreciate the iconic skyline inside a climate-controlled gondola. Enjoy a round of golf at the 18-hole miniature golf course. Other attractions include the St. Louis Carousel and the Fire and Light Show. Visit stlouisunionstation.com. Come celebrate. How many times when you're watching a game do you throw something at your TV because you're getting pissed off at something I said, or will you please say this or address this? Uh, no, not that often. You mean like I'm mad at the announcers? Yeah. For... Not that often, honestly. I guess i got to start watching closer. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. I mean, I would appreciate that since you make a living out of this, for uh, Christ's sakes. You know what's hard is that – it's not hard. Okay, I get it. We all have fun jobs. And everybody's like, some kid the other day is like, oh, you have a fun job. I'm like, yeah, most times, but yeah. there's still a lot of BS that goes with it. It's a lot of hours, a lot of being away from your family. I always say that they pay me, and I, I bet you feel the same way because you're on at, what, 5, 6, and 10. I know you're on at 10. 5, 6, 9, and 10. Thank yeah. you. Nine, Charlie Marlowe has, oppor- has the opportunity to be there at 11, 20 because right. he's a young, attractive well, fellow that they put on late night for eye candy. That's okay? what you get. He's not eye candy. But anyway. No, that's what he told me. Well, that's good. Um it's hard being away from your kids. I mean, I always say they pay me to be away from my family. That's the hard part. All right. You know, I mean, you're sitting there on a 10-day road trip, and you're listening to your family and your wife calling you up. And it, this is not about, oh, 
poor as me, Dan. And I look, I make a great living and I love what I do, but that is the hard part. Like you, you miss out on a lot. And for me, it's the summer months. So it's when my kids are at home and when you don't see them, I mean, there's a lot of regret that goes into that. A lot of, um, pissed off that, you know, yeah. at yourself, like, is this really worth it? Am I doing it? You know, but the, the upside is this is what I always wanted to do. And it, everything comes at a sacrifice. So, so be it. People always said, what would you do? And I like asking other people that question. One of my favorite answers was Mike Jones, the guy who made the tackle yeah. for the Rams. We were doing part of a panel one night, a Rams-related event, Isaac Bruce. And said, what would everybody – what was the backup plan? If you didn't play football, you weren't a professional. And Mike Jones said, I was going to be a firefighter. I grew up in Kansas City. And all yeah. my, my dad, my uncles, everybody. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. When I've been asked that, I always say college professor. I'm, I'm, I'm high school, yeah. And somebody said, God, that's really noble, Martin. You want to help kids? I said, no, no I had this figured out. I'd be off summers. I'd, exactly. go to, I'd have season tickets to the team's yeah. basketball or football team. I'd eventually get tenured, okay, and I'd be in front of the class. I'd work a couple of classes a day. You know, It'd I'd be just, awesome. And I'm not – they all work their tails off. I just – in my mind, I was going to kind of mail it in as a professor, and I was going right. to have a perfect schedule. Well, I think college <clears> – this is what I'd like to get into. I, I, I get to give my opinions on this stuff. I, I think college, as I look at my 14, 12, and twins that are 10 – I look at what I'm going to be paying if they're not under scholarship of some sort or they're out of state. Jesus, it's in, it, it's the biggest farce in this country. <laughs> it is. I mean, you have to have a degree. I mean, honestly, if you're going to make it, not always do you have to have a degree, but generally speaking, you, you have to have a college diploma. And you're thinking, okay, that's four or five years of schooling, and depending on where they're going, what, 50 to 100 grand a year? I mean, that's what it is. That's right. the going oh, cross. Uh, cost i'm like are you kidding me i mean that there's no way it should be that kind of money every everybody should be afforded the opportunity to get that degree and unfortunately for a lot of people there's not and that pisses me off i don't like that dan unplugged on the rising rate of college tuition no and it's it's not just because i mean no it's what i deal with it's just i everybody should have that opportunity because if you don't get that degree a lot of times you're pigeonholed I'm not saying – here's what I told my kids. Hey, rather, the world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. Okay. Look, I'd rather – you know what? I don't know if you feel this way. I'd rather tell my kids, here's the money that you would be getting to go to college, okay? Whatever that that number is. I'd rather at the age of 18 take – and I understand what college – it's about the experience and being away from your parents and balancing a checkbook and your credit cards and doing your laundry and making your own meals and figuring out how to live. I get it. But here's that money, and – Go start a business. Go really learn. Go dig. Go figure out how to do these things because that's really what it's going to come down to when you get out of college. How many times do you ever sit there and go, God, yeah, okay, I'm sitting here at the 9. I've, I've got only five minutes to turn this soundbite around with a story, get it on a prompter, make sure my producer knows and do it, blah, 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 blah. I mean, oh, yeah, I'll, I remember back in junior year at Marquette where you went, oh, yeah, they taught us how to do that. They never taught you how to do that kind of stuff. It's trial and error. It's about trying to learn how to do the business. And that is my biggest problem with coming out of college is how truly prepared are these people if now if you're in a specialized field, architecture or being a doctor or something like that. Real stuff, not broadcasters. Not broadcasters. But as I always tell kids, and I think it pisses off the teachers when I go and speak, I said everything that you're learning in this book is not really going to be applicable to what you're doing if you want to do what I do. It's... It's a great way not to get invited back, which means you have less speaking appearances. Correct, which is and it's beautiful. Um, and that's why <laughs> whenever I, I offend at an event, like if I host and like, oh, those jokes weren't that funny, or you offended people, I'm like, 
Oh, good. So I don't have to do it next year. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I really believe that, though. I, you know, how many times do you do that and you go, "This isn't." I didn't learn any of this stuff. I mean, I learned some things at Lind- Lindenwood was wonderful for what I did, like especially radio, and it led me into KMOX because they had a teacher that taught down there. So they pulled me out of the class and said, "Hey, we heard you're really involved. Would you like to do this?" And that's how the whole thing got started for me. So I needed Lindenwood to get that that door open. But in terms of doing, I, I just tell kids, like, you better, like, get behind a microphone if this is truly what you want to do because it's not like anything else that you're going to do. You better practice and practice and practice because if you don't and you come out after four years, you're screwed. The other thing, too, because you're a hilarious dude and I've seen you do basically stand up at banquets. How many times have you ever done this? Because I've done it a lot of times. The next morning, wake up and go, oh, boy. Boy, that was not good. Like I, that one that, line. That one line is really going to offend that guy. Larusa really got pissed at me one time. Really pissed. I was at the Knights of the Cauliflower Year, and you can like kind of say anything at that event. And Bubba Gessling, God rest his soul, I'd gone to beforehand. I said, so I can let this thing rip, right? And he's like, Yeah, of course you can. Ah, do whatever you want. Okay. So I get up there, and I, I mean, I'm ripping on everybody, players, myself, organization, in a fun way, not dirty, clean. And he he pulls me aside. He said, "Hey, that was great stuff. That was funny. You had me you had me rolling." He goes, "I love it. I love it." And I was like, "Okay, great." Next day, I walk into his office. Hey, Tony, I'm feeling good. He goes, "Tell you what, you got a lot of pissed off guys in that room over there." <laughs> I said, "Wait a minute. You told me that was okay." That's well, you, me, yeah, huh? you, I mean, you but you know you you overstepped your bounds with this guy and that guy. Uh, I'm like, oh no. So I had to go in and like talk to players. First guy I roll into, I see him on the couch. Is Wainwright, and he just looks up and he just. Mm-mm-mm. shaking his head at me like I that. I could see it, yes. I was like, oh, no. And I'm like walking around the clubhouse with my tail between my legs. But those are the kind of things that happen to us all the time. Yeah, I think you're taking a chance. It, You know, what's a good hitter? Three out of ten. Yeah. If you go up in front of a room of 500 people and you're the host. Yeah. And 400, like, that's the most entertaining banquet. Because there's so many banquets that suck and they're boring. Yeah, I mean, you got to have it fun. And you may walk away and say, God, 50, you know, we're offended. Now, I would say the one time I probably was out of line, it was the St. Patrick's Center. They all, Dan Buck would always have the big charity event right. at the Chaffetz. He did a great job getting bigger names in there. But it was so long. I mean, we played the Star Spangled Banner, and then we did the Pledge of Allegiance. I said, oh, for God's sakes, Dan, you're not running for office. I mean, right. this thing would take forever. So John Campanera, who's a comedian, funny dude, did the Harry Carey, and my premise is that his Harry Carey was he was the original. Hey, look at the guy in the sombrero. That was John Campanera, Chicago comedian, great Harry Carey. I still contend that the Will Ferrell SNL Harry Carey was kind of loosely based. Yeah, I don't like that one. Or I still was, don't like his. Or it was like it was an over dramatization totally. of what John Campanera did. But we're hosting this thing, and I'm sure he got paid. I think I got a gift card, you know. Yeah. And he and he and I are just kind of having fun, and it got so long and painful that when we'd been drinking, and so we got a little, <laughs> we got a little loose, and we might have said an S bomb, we might have said an F bomb, which is that's the one that you try not. And to. this was with getting taped, and the, yeah, and it's also a charitable event, with, yeah. with nuns. Well, I, guess I, I guess I left that out. Right. And so the next week, Fox Two gets the email. Saying, oh yeah, I've been there. Saying that Martin is no longer welcome to host. The- no way, you and went so, that far, huh? Yeah, and so I got my boss Spencer Koch, since retired, great general manager and a good friend. And we go, and then he said, "What happened?" And I said, "Oh, the event's so long." He said, "Yeah, but so what did you say?" And I said, "I don't know. I just we were having so much fun. We were entertaining ourselves." Yeah. yeah. And 
and I said, I apologize. Whatever I need to do, I'll make it right. And then Dan, maybe a week later, he sends me an email. I say, hey, just so you know. He said, almost everybody loved it. He said it was the best one we've but had. But you have one that does He it. said, but I had a handful of people who were unhappy. Well, the nuns. Probably older. And he said, I had to officially, in my position, reprimand you know the host, which was you and John. And I said, I get it. It's fine. Do I have to do it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're so out of it. it. It does happen where you get, I think I did a, a Holy Redeemer men's club. And we're like, and it was middle of winter, but it's freezing in the gym. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this guy with a collar walks by, and they go, hey, Martin, that's Monsignor. And I said, hey, boss. I said, if I throw a little extra in the basket, we get some freaking heat? Like something stupid. <laughs> Never got invited back. No. I At the MAC Awards last year, uh, and I hope Tom Ackerman is not mad at me, but he was the host of the Jack Buck Awards, and I was uh, introing. Mike Kelly had asked me to intro him. He was getting the Burns Bragg Award. So, and by the way, we're, we're taping here at the MAC, the Missouri yeah, Athletic Club West. Plug here. Yeah. Maybe they would like to jump on as a sponsor. We'd be more than happy to have them. Dan at, what was that again? Dan at Danny Mac, scoops at DannyMac.com. Correct. Yeah, and so cool. Ackerman just, he was, you know, and at table 17, it's Joe Smith. And at table 18, it's Susie Q. Right. And at table 20, it's Mike from Mike's Hardware Store. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. He's right. introed the entire room. Right. So the first thing I did, and now he says, well, in our first award, Dan McLaughlin's going to uh, introduce Mike Kelly. Okay, everybody, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, with the folks at table 21, please stand up, and 22 and 25, okay? Now everybody has been introduced <laughs> here at the Missouri Athletic Club. I thought it was clean. I thought it was nice. Right. But you're always worried that, I don't want to like overstep my bounds and upset Tom or right. embarrass him, but those are the kind of things that you do think about the next day. Like, ah, eh. and it was, and I did it in a little different manner, so <laughs> it was a little, fu it was funnier. But I don't like to upset those kind of people. My wife, I always feel bad about my it. My wife doesn't like to go. She said, "Are you going to be mean?" At this my wife one? is the same way. And I'm like, "What She's do you mean like, mean?" She says, "Well, the last one you did, it got a little mean." I'm like, "Did it?" Yeah. Like, how much did I drink and when was it? Like, later in the night? But she's, you know, driving down a lot of times, she'll say, just remember, like, it's a, it's a cancer dinner. She's like, this is not a roast tonight. Okay, don't. <laughs> right. and I'm like, I get it. But everything turns into a roast. But every once in a while you go to one, I'm like, oh, guess what, honey? This is a roast. She said, yes, and I'm not going to that. Well, I had to do a uh, a construction job one one time. and You were not doing construction work. No. You was, were hosting. Yeah. Is and it over in South County off of Highway 55? Yeah. It I was think that I've done one. that event. And the problem was... They used to let those guys get off and gals work, and then they get there and they just get smoked. Absolutely, you know it's open bar. They're getting hammered for three hours, and by the time you take stage, they're having fun. Well, this one was a dry event, and um, Charlie Dooley, the the county executive at that point, got up there and kind of ripped me. And I was like, "Oh, really? Okay." So I he sits back down. And I said, "Well, Charlie, here's the deal. What you haven't figured out is I'm the host and I have the last word." And I just went nuts. Have you been impeached yet? Yeah. So I just went nuts on everything political and turned it into a roast. Right. Eh, he didn't like it too much. Too and I bad. like Charlie Dooley. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. He'll get over it. He'll get over it. But my that's yeah. my point is like the next day you wake up and you're like, Ugh, boy, we were here. And there's some kids in the audience. Oh, shoot. Uh, that's and, not good. And some events are, are more tailored to it. You know, if it's like we had the Darren Pang roast where anything goes. And I said, this how is funny the, was that? It was I mean, I love that stuff because you can. Were you the of, host? I was. No, I was on the panel. Oh, God. What was your best line? 
Uh, I'm trying to, it was pretty. It had it to be was, height related, maybe. Well, and honestly, more of my stuff was about other people. <laughs> I, I made fun of That's Doug Armstrong. Beauty. I made fun of Jake Allen. I made fun of Panger. And then the host was Stu Grimson. And his former badass. And, yeah. talk, and now he's this real clean-cut kind of GQ, and he's a lawyer. Oh, and I didn't I, know that. And I said, oh, my God. I said, can you imagine telling your buddies, yeah, I got I got a lawyer. It's uh, Stu Grimson. Like, <laughs> yeah, I heard Tony Twist do my taxes. I mean, like, I think right, it just right. don't sound right. But I went over in front of him, and I said, on behalf of every blues fan, and I just had the mic, and I screamed in his face, the F word, you. Like, you. Like, there's a few times where, like, I was really right. pissed at him. And he's laughing. Everybody's laughing because it just like as a blues fan, you yeah, want to scream funny. like you're going through the glass. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the lines. Well, my thing was, is it, we take ourselves so seriously. And that's one thing I've been able to do over my career now is at least try not to take myself too serious. Like when I first started, Martin, I was so nervous about just getting on the air making it a clean broadcast and getting off the air. And there was no personality to it. I wasn't showing myself. I wasn't showing what I'm about. And that's why I hope this thing does, is that it continues what I've been trying to do, which is be snarky on Twitter, be snarky when I can talk to somebody I trust like you, and have fun with it. Um, And when you go to these things, sometimes people take themselves so serious. And I'm like, if you don't take – that's what I love about McCarver – McCarver doesn't take himself that serious. Like, he wants to do a serious job and do a really good job, but yet his whole point is to entertain. And that's the other thing in our business we have forgotten. This is supposed to be a release for people. This is supposed to be entertainment. And if you sit down to watch a Cardinal game or any baseball game these days, you're invested for three, three and a half hours. You might as well make it fun and entertaining. And and that's where I think Joe is ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff where you may not have liked all the stuff he did, but at least it was lighter, it was fun. And I'm not saying you can get away with that on a national game, but certainly you can on a local game. Don't take it too far, but just have fun and be able to laugh at yourself. And that's the other thing I learned from McCarver. McCarver is great about saying, I was wrong. I was dead Now, wait wrong. a minute, Dan. Are we playing the Cubs tomorrow? Well, yeah. No, actually, we're in Pittsburgh. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Dan, okay, can you great. give me one of those? What do you call it? Oh, a schedule? Yeah. <laughs> I see. What? I, I could download See, it? we should get him on and well, he I would could, love it and i could pepper him about you oh he'd go and nuts you could make fun of him and i'll just get out of the way that's he the best would go n- you wouldn't get a word in edgewise correct which I is understand. what it's like when we go to dinner because we go to dinner almost after every game and that's been for me one of the great experiences of this job it really has as a guy as i said earlier that loves the history of the cardinals and loves that man um to be able to sit down he's got a few pops in him so he's just letting it rip and he's to the point where I call it F you money, where, eh, you don't like what I say? So right. what? I got enough in the bank. You want to fire me tomorrow? Great. Right. I don't care. And that's where he's at. So, But that's how he is in person. Like, he's an opinionated guy, and his opinion's going to come out, and you just start talking. It's just like you and I, you know, shooting the bull here. See, I never would argue with anybody if they said, I don't like you. Like, if somebody said, I just hey, I'm fine I, with that, too. And the only time I ever go back and forth via Twitter or email is if it's incorrect. If they say, hey, you said the other night exactly. I will do that Ford too. should be fired. I'm like, no, I didn't. I never said that. And, you know, and then I will respond to that and try and say, no, what are you thinking about? That wasn't right. me. If it's or, or you guys never show the Packers. Well, actually, we showed them for the last five Sundays. You right. Know? If it's something that's inaccurate, I will respond. If they're like, because I think you have to, because it's a public forum, and people then take yeah, that as let's let's gospel. clarify. Well, football season, people are nuts. And like, yeah. 
you oh, you didn't show the Chiefs, you idiots. What's wrong with Fox 2? I'm like, it was on CBS. Right. You think we could? We'd show that over the Lions if we could. We couldn't, you know. Right. And those t- types of things I respond to. But if somebody just says, hey, you're not funny or, hey, you're fat, you know what? I just like, whatever. I, right. I, honestly, there's nothing you can do about it if they don't like you. But if they're factually incorrect, then I will respond. Right. I, I hope I, to I'm one day have way. the blank you money that McCarver does. Because then I'll just I'll, I will respond to everybody that hates me and I'll say blank you back. Well, sometimes you and in my position, I don't know if you feel the same way too, but I got to be careful where if somebody puts that kind of stuff out there, where I say, you know, if they think I said, well, Colt Wong needs to be traded. No, I I never said that. No, no, no. I was you talking. Better yeah, in your position, you have to clean you know, that up because Mo or Gersh or somebody is monitoring social media for their players and. Also, the employees, you know, make sure someone didn't go off the deep end and right. is representing the company properly. So those kind of things of the the, the factually correct stuff, you got to be you got to be on it. At least I am. I try to be. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, whatever. And other times I'm like, no, 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 yeah, that's that's not right. And please don't say that. You guys had a game and maybe a year or two year two years ago, Wainwright in Milwaukee. And I forget he pitched really well. And then he on Fox Midwest in the post game. He had some quote, and it was something about that was the easiest time I've had pitching. It was something. Right, right. And I tweeted it, and I think I, I slightly misquoted him. And he texted me and said, can you correct that? What I said was. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's because, on that stuff. Well, because he thought it was disrespectful to, to the other team. Correct. Like, the, the way I stated it made it sound like Wainwright's like, oh, these chumps, I was blowing through the lineup. And it's not ex- – I was a word or two off. Right. And he caught it, and I said, absolutely. He's right. You should clarify because for him – that gets over to them. That's a big deal. Absolutely. So there are that's times the, when you got to clean it up. That's the biggest thing with players, and I think with management, and certainly with Tony. I mean, Tony was huge with this. Is do not disrespect the the opponent. Like, don't get many more bonkers on Bernie. Right. Which would I be mean, a great segment. We'll do that on Fridays. Bonkers with Bernie. I, that he is went one nuts of the great, that day. It's one of the great video. And Bernie stands Bernie up. Bernie stands goes, up. We can't see anything anymore. Yeah. The cameras on him. And then I think the line that Bernie had was. And, and Tony said, "We're not going to disrespect the Cubs, you know. We're right. Gonna, you know, we got to don't show them up." And then Bernie says, "I'm like, why? Why got to show the whole world? You got you got to show the whole world how mad you are. Like, yeah, you got to make a big show here. Yeah, like, they kind of went back and forth, and it was brilliant. It was awesome TV. We had it on Fox, and everybody loved it. That's where Tony TV was awesome. Right. I mean, Tony TV was must see TV. Win, lose, draw. You wanted to hear what he had to say, and then how he's going to be so." I think some people took it as disrespectful to the media, but he wasn't. He was just that's Tony. Um, I going back, and I know we got to wrap things up here, and we'll do it again next week. But um, that's what makes this fun, though. That's what makes I think you know doing these kind of things awesome because then you can truly get out what you want to say without it being something that's taken as fact by Joe Blow in South County on Twitter saying you said that. No, I didn't. This is right. what I said. And you know what, gratuitous plug for the Tony Talk segments, they're very evergreen. Like, if you go back and listen. I, I've listened to all of them. They're and great. I, I'm just telling folks, if there's a whole uh, podcast about Pujols, yeah. the whole career, I was just thinking about this, too. I forgot where, what he said about if if he believed he should have come back or not. I, I can't remember. You guys addressed uh, it a little I think, bit. I think he was disappointed it didn't work out. Yeah. I think in his heart, I don't remember what he said, but I think he feels like if he were here, he would have leaned on the DeWitts a little bit. Like, there would have been a way they would have figured it out. I also think, I've said this, and I, I want to ask Mr. DeWitt about it, but when Albert gets to some more milestones, I think 600 and 500 and 3,000 hits, I, I, and just take the business side out of it, 
as much as Mr. DeWitt loves the history of the game and his understanding of this place in the game, those had to be tough on him. Oh, for sure. Had to be. To sit and watch. It's tough on me. I would have loved to have called those. Oh, yeah, and in the fact that it's nothing against the Angels, but there's just no connection there no. to him and that franchise. You, no. you feel a little bit displaced. but Right. Uh, gratuitous plug, of course. We've got Pucks with Bernie and Panger. That'll be uh, rolling out a Pang one very soon. And hanging with Big Walt, I want to say it's going to be on Thursdays, but with Walt, he doesn't know what day it is. Yeah. So I'm not sure when those okay. come out, okay? Th- that's all right. Just let it float so a little bit. So email us. I have a question for that one. Dan at scoopswithdannymac.com. Yes, sir. Um, I want you to get into the Kachuk-Shanahan fight. Okay, yes. Famous in blues lore. It, it's huge. Um, and it's amazing he overcame that because people were like, Love oh, yeah. Shanny, hated Kachuk, Absolutely. and then became Big Walt fans. I mean, he carved him up with that high stick, and then he comes out, and then they have the fight. And it's, I mean, to me, and when you talk about Brendan Shanahan's career in St. Louis, that might be moment number Defining one for moment. me. Yeah. And here's what I'm going to do, too. I'll premise it and say, hey, Walt, I, I wasn't going to ask you, but Dan wants me to ask you. That's I have another question. Play. Ask him about Danny Mack helping his kids uh, learn baseball in the, uh, in the locker room. At, at, at Blues a, games. Yeah. So he'd be like, listen to Danny Mac. He's going to help you on this one. You kids yeah. are going to add up to nothing in hockey. You better uh, play baseball. Yeah, they're pretty good at hockey. Yeah, did you see the goal the other out. night by his oh. son? We talked about it. Thanks for listening. It's on the podcast. I know. I'm just saying, Kentucky did you see cheese. it? I did. It's unbelievable. Featured on Fox, too, prominently. Dan, let's do it again. Love you, buddy. This is fun.